Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast created weekly for you by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com or you can subscribe to us in iTunes or at Acast. Well, welcome to a, a return. It's almost like the new normal, Richard, isn't it? It's nice to see you in person. Yeah, sitting in the garden. Sitting in the garden. We are, um, you know, if anybody's concerned, we are two metres apart. We are outdoors. We are. Um, I'm hoping that the phone microphone is going to pick this up. Apologies for anybody who forgot that we weren't um, we weren't on last week. I've already had one anguished message from somebody who was oh, going to no. report us to a professional body for ruining his week. Oh, dear. But... Um, we are back. We're out. We did mention it, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we did. yeah. But here we are in the sunshine. I'm not sure we've ever recorded a pod. We've done podcasts at the beach. We've done podcasts out at Sealhane, but I'm not sure we've ever done one in the grounds of a magnificent building like this. Yeah, I'm quite lucky where I live, and uh, if you can hear people enjoying themselves, <laughs> that's people down the beach in Babacombe. Fabulous. I'll check the time in a minute by the sundial, which is alongside <laughs> me here. Uh, extraordinary but yeah nice to be doing this in person and hopefully you'll enjoy the benefit of having two voices not one that's uh, disembodied and coming out of a laptop yeah i have been listening to them uh, after they've been uploaded and it sometimes it works really well and sometimes it can be a bit disjointed when we're talking over each other because of the time lag there's so we're not going to get a time lag today there's no excuse today if we talk <laughs> i'll over still talk other, over you it's just because <laughs> you sound like alan partridge it's just because we've got it wrong but uh, bear with us because we're not used to this we're not used to face-to-face podcasting and if any any of my neighbors turn up and start talking then forgive us yeah indeed. They, they won't know what we're doing if they're listening in they're getting a, a, a sneak preview of today's <laughs> podcast anyway Loads to talk about. We're, we've reached the letter N in the uh, the A to Z of Playmore. And look, let's, let's deal with an N first of all. Noise, crowd noise. Have you been watching any of the live games on TV? I have. Um, and for the first couple, I watched on my tablet with earphones, and the crowd noise was on. Yeah. And I found it really annoying. I um, agree. But. But it was quite loud on the earphones. Yeah. So the next couple of games, I watched on my TV with the crowd noise off, and you know what that's like and then accidentally chose the crowd noise later on on my tv and it's not as loud on the tv so it's kind of one of those things that you know it depends on what kind of basis you're listening to it i think It, it, it can be worse or better i think i like the one without the crowd noise better because it's more like a lower league game people were talking after the merseyside derby uh earlier in the week about all you could hear was Jordan Henderson. All you could hear was Jordan Henderson calling and, and marshalling the Liverpool defence in the midfield, which he does magnificently, by the way. Um, and people were talking about that as if it was unusual. But if you go to a game at our level, you get used to hearing the skipper, you hear Kyle Cameron, you hear the defenders, you hear, and that's the way it should be. You know, that's part of the game for me is, is hearing what's going on out there. I mean, obviously, we do have crowd noise at Playmore, but you still can yeah, yeah. you still can hear players at, at certain games when there's there's a lesser crowd there. But what it reminds me of is is going back to the days when the reserves used to play at, at Playmore, and mm. you'd be sitting there in a crowd of fifty or so, and then you could really hear everything yeah. going on. And that's every time I watch a game, I just think think back to the days of reserve games, and I mean, there are still obviously the odd reserve game or second second string game at Playmore, but. Um, Back in the day, there was there was quite a lot. 
Yeah, I, I like it. I like hearing the ball kicked. I like hearing the players shout. I don't mind if there's a few holiday words thrown in here and there. Holiday you know, words. Um, that came from the kids when we used to say, you, if you're on holiday, you might hear a few words from mummy and daddy. They're holiday words. You don't, <laughs> you don't repeat them when you get Do they, home. Is, is that a family thing? Does that holiday still come words. up? Yeah, by all means, feel free to use that anytime. <laughs> but uh, a few holiday words come out of the players. I don't mind that at all. I quite like it. So, uh, uh, one of my favourite things is when the ball hits the post, you hear that ping. Yeah, yeah. That's a... Uh, I haven't yet heard that priceless sound that we talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago, of the ball hitting the back of the net, which I really like. Kind of thump. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't hear that unless you're standing right next to the goal net and there's hardly anybody around. Yeah, no, that's uh, a good sound. It's, it's good sounds good. all around. So let's talk about the this developments and uh, your piece in the Herald Express this week with Gary. And I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's go off and have a listen, first of all, to you chatting to Gary this week. Okay. And, um, you know, we'll come back and discuss some of the points that you raised, because this is the chat on which you base the, uh, the piece that's in the Herald yes. uh, yeah. this week. Okay, Gary, um, great to have you back on the podcast. Um, wh- what have you been doing with yourself? Um, well... <laughs> I've been uh, watching all the football. Yeah. Um, I've been, you know, watching our games over the season. Okay. Um, you know, to check there's not anything I've I've missed, and to, you know, reiterate to some of our players that they're good footballers and what they need to that they need to come back fit. And I will try very hard to um, you know, bring in players that will you know, get us them extra few points so that you know we can be up the top there nice and early um, we're making sure that the players are going to come back fit because we don't know what we, how much time we're going to have between coming back and the start of the new season um, so obviously I had lots of chats with George about different things budgets and things um, and uh, you know so just getting up to date with, with, with everything and just so that we're, we're ready when we need to be ready if you know what I mean, you know. So that's uh, when you need to be ready. Is 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 slowly looking like September, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it, it's looking like mid September because it's good that they've said that our league uh, has got to start alongside the EFL uh, league. So whenever they get their date, that'll hopefully be our date, and that'll probably be mid September. In which case, the boys will be back together in uh, the beginning of August. So that you have a good six weeks run up to, um, you know, to the to the start of the season. It's you know, finally the uh, the national league have worked out how to end the season. So that's another step in the right direction, isn't it? It is, and I think it. In the end, it was you know pretty much what we was talking about originally was that you know we just had to wait for the EFL to make their decisions yeah. before we could make ours. You know, because it was a. You know, it was a, a, a line of, you know, champ, premiership, championship, sec, first and second divisions, and us. And I just, I, we kept saying, didn't we, that, you know, we needed to be in line with all that. And uh, in the end, <laughs> we was in line with all that. And I think that was the, the, the really the best way to, to go about it. And a handful of teams would have been very disappointed with, you know, the ending. That's, you know, the ones that got relegated or the ones that just missed out on the playoffs. But, uh Really, it was the only way uh, the only way they could do it in the end, and so we didn't need all the votes and all the different 
uh, conversations that we had in the National League because we had to wait to see what the EFL would do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the playoff dates look like they're going to be at the end of July, which is still a little while away. So for those teams, it's going to be weird, isn't it? Because they're almost going to be playing the playoffs and then straight into pre-season training. Well, yeah, exactly. There's going to be no um, no close season as such. Um, you know, they might give them a few days off after the playoffs yeah. or something, but there's certainly going to be no official close season. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I'm pleased for the playoff teams, but I feel a bit sorry for them because they're having to, you know, like pay their own way at the moment and they're going to play in the playoffs with no crowds, so there's no money coming in. They've had to keep their lads around, um, you know, uh, as far as until they knew whether there was definitely playoffs or not. So that was obviously a cost. The, the, the uh, testing um, is another cost. Mm. So it'd be interesting, you know, the winning team's going to come out of it well, but the the teams that don't get through the, the playoffs are obviously going to come out of it a little bit lighter in their pocket uh, than, than uh, they would like to be. I'm not suggesting that for one minute that you don't want to be in the playoffs, but actually at the moment... Cost-wise, no crowds. Um, you're just happy to be looking forward to next season, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, the number one aim would have been to have got into the playoffs, of course. But as we didn't, um, and we knew with the PPG, you know, we was only going to go up one. Whereas uh, at the end of the day, we'd have played the two, three games in hand. We'd have been probably a little bit higher, in mm. my opinion. But um, but seeing as we knew we wasn't in the playoffs, we could plan from that date. Yeah. As soon as they made the decision, then we could start planning. Um, you know, the club uh, furloughed everybody, which everybody agreed with, and that was good that we we, we did all that because it has, you know, the, the the virus has gone on quite a long time, and obviously the furlough stays in until the end of July, and that will be perfect really because at the end of the day, the club then will have, you know, the money to sign players on. Uh, on, on new deals, which they, they did anyway, but obviously then they were furloughed. But from the 1st of August, um, everybody would be back to normal um, as far as training in preparation for the games in, in September. So, you know, I've had a good opportunity to talk to players and, um, you know, and drop some off our list and put some on our list. You know, the list changes daily. But... Um, at the moment, I'm, I'm very happy with uh, what I think uh, we're going to be. It's not 100% yet, but I'm certainly getting a lot closer to a competitive squad that I want. You're not obviously going to name players, I understand that. But, um, no. you know, you've obviously been busy talking to them and, and you, you you think that you're there, really? No. Well, you can't guarantee anything no. at the minute because nobody, you can't sign anybody on until we know that this season's... Uh, Underway, you know, and we 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 know when the season's going to start. If there was another, you know, a, a rise in, in the pandemic, then and they leave it later, then you can't sign players on because we don't know whether they'll be furloughed again after August. You know, I think there's going to be a, a, a cost to teams if it goes past that. You know, they're not going to give the eighty percent. So it's um, we we just got to talk to players and sort of have a an agreement yeah. that uh, they will be signed and that, you, you know and, and really it's trusting each other that as soon as we get back to training 
um, full-time training, whenever that is, could be later in July, could be August, could be middle of August or something, um, We th- there's a contract there for them. Um, but while they're not under contract, you can still always lose them, of course. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody would be thinking that anyway. Pre-season training, are you, are you planning where that's going to be? I mean, the summer's here now, will you be back out at um, Silhane? Yeah, we will. I'm sure we will. And we'll, we'll obviously still be using South Devon College's yeah. uh, facilities, which is which is great for us. Um, the boys have been brilliant in, in the, the time uh, during, you know, during this time because their individual stats and their individual times and, uh, you know, we... Uh, and everything that they do, um, we know that they've they've kept themselves very fit, which is great. So when we do get back in, it will be just sharpening them up football-wise because they would have come back pretty much with uh, you know the, the fitness uh, that you would do in the first couple of weeks of pre-season. You yeah. know they've sort of already done that. So hopefully we'll we'll, we'll be ahead of the game when we do get back. Um, just. As an aside, do you watch Exeter last night? Yes, I did. Um, good you know, good I'm, turnaround, I'm, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pleased with um, Matty Taylor, and uh, um, you know, very very pleased. And you know, it's good that they're in the they're in the final. I think they've got a tough old game now against mm. Northampton with the way Northampton play. I thought Northampton were unbelievable yeah. yesterday as well. Um, you know, we're pleased for. Plymouth and Ryan Lowe, you know, we, I did send him a text saying that uh, I, I'd like to think we helped you massively in pre-season <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> by beating you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and obviously it'd be great to play them again, you know, this pre-season being a first division team now. And uh, we've now got to catch up and uh, we've still got to catch up with Exeter or wherever they go. You know, but uh, we've had a, an unfortunate season, let's say. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've still got our ambitions to get up with those sort of teams in our area. Absolutely. Gary, thank you very much for talking. So, interesting. So, we're looking at September. I think so. Mid-September, Gary thinks is going to be the time when we see football at Playmore again. And we will probably see football play- at Playmore again. I think I think the idea that you can play Playmore at, sorry, football at Playmore and other non-league grounds of a similar stature and below... You know, it's it's not really going to work. I mean, we've we've seen it in in the the football league, in the playoffs this week. Um, they can probably just about manage it. They've got to play those games because of the playoffs. But yeah. would you really start up a season like that? I don't think you no. would. The loss of revenue, it, it will be immense for some teams. And there are some teams in that division. Look at places like Macclesfield. You just couldn't afford to do it. No, that's true. And you know, it's the right thing to do is to wait a little bit longer until you can have a proper game proper atmosphere speedboat passing by by the way you don't get that on many of the football <laughs> podcasts um, but no it is and it gives the players something to aim at um, because with the best will in the world you know the players have been keeping themselves fit they've been keeping themselves trim but they've had no target to aim at have they no and Gary said a couple of weeks ago didn't he that that you know to start pre-season training properly you really need a start date of, uh, of the first game because that's mm. where you work back from yeah and so a mid-September start gives Torquay, gives everyone uh, a six-week pre-season, really, which isn't far off of what you would normally get. No. Um, probably similar to what you would normally get. Um, it does mean that teams in the playoffs, for those especially in the, the National League playoffs, which seem to be 
about to be given dates at the end of July. I'm not sure if that's that's so certain. Got, yeah. got You've got them, have you? Yeah. Come to those in a minute. Um, some of those teams will, you know, the ones that make it to Wembley will play their Wembley final, and then two or three days later, they'll be back pre-season training. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's unusual. But they have had a break, and I know it's not I know it's not a normal summer break, but they have had a break. So it's kind of it's kind of just yeah. putting the end of a season onto the start of a new one. And for the fans, it gives us something to look forward to. It won't be long now. You know, so soon after the playoffs are decided, we'll get the fixtures. We can start looking forward to that, start working out who we're going to get Boxing Day and all that kind of yep. thing. Um, all, all those tra- exciting bits. The traditional yep. summer pleasures of the football fan will start yep. to come back one by one. I don't suppose we'll be having pre-season friendlies, um, certainly not pre-season friendlies where you're going to have people in. Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, um, I did discuss friendlies with with Gary, and you know, they they had worked out who they were going to play pre-season, yeah. I think, but they hadn't released the details of who those teams were. But there, there will be pre-season friendlies, and you know, it's, it's up to the government on what they decide, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. On on who, on how much lockdown is eased by by the time the games come along. I guess they'll play the games without crowds if they have to but it would be nice to see crowds in it there yeah. um, it depends who we're playing doesn't it, it does. uh, interest, one interesting development this uh, so pre-season friendlies might have been organised but already but I'm sure that there's there's room for manoeuvre did you see that Neil Warnock's the new manager of Middlesbrough yes, I did yeah he always brings his teams down here <laughs> Did you see the brilliant quote from him as well? No, I didn't. When he said um, he said he wasn't expecting to get the job. He thought he'd pretty much retired. He says, but playing behind closed doors, at least that's eight games where I'm not going to get booed. <laughs> Which I thought, a typical Neil Warnock quote, isn't it? But, yeah, glad he's got himself in a job. What's that? Um, I have no idea what that is. Is that that's... somebody calling in um, boat number 32, your time is up or it something? It could be. Yeah, this is... what. I've no idea what that is. Anyway, you may be able to hear clearer on the podcast. <laughs> so, also, uh, Gary, I, I know you didn't talk to him about it on the, the chat today, but the, the name that's on everybody's lips at the moment is Callum Morton. Yeah. Talking um, through and through. Somebody put a picture up on social media of him the other day on the pop side in a gold shirt. Did they? I didn't so. see that. that. That's good to hear. Um, good to know that. I mean, obviously, he was linked to the, to, to the yeah. youth teams before he went to Yeovil in 2015. So and we did a, we did a story on him then. David David wrote that story about him going to Yeovil and you know talking potentially missing out on a on a yeah. decent young player. Um, he is the one that's got away, isn't he? he scored twice for Northampton. Yeah, to, to explain, um, they they were they were two 0 down in the second leg of their League Two playoff final against Cheltenham. Cheltenham, um, and he was utterly brilliant. A twenty year old, he he's strong, he's quick. He's determined. Um, he's good on the ball, and he scored twice. That uh, they turned it around Northampton to to win the, the the second leg three three two, and now they will play Exeter on on Monday at Wembley, and yeah. he will obviously start. Um, he yeah he he's a great little player. Now the, the, <clears throat> I did speak to Gary about it, but it was after I turned off the recording. I, I wasn't completely sure if Gary would want to talk about the one that got away, but he was quite happy in the end to talk yeah. about it. So we did a story for the paper. But um, he is the lad who was lined up to join Torquay on loan in January yeah. um, when we we kind of needed a striker. He's at we need, West Brom. He, he? he's yeah. at West Brom. Yeah. He went from Yeovil to West Brom in 2018, I think it was. 
Um, he he went. He was on loan at Braintree the season before last, and uh, we we had him lined up to come. Uh, it was all agreed, apparently, according to Gary, with the, the, his agent, the, both teams. Everything was agreed. He was supposed to turn up after a. a, a a, a, a second string game or something at West Brom in the midweek and never turned up and then when Torquay asked where he was uh, oh he's going to Northampton yeah. which you know is, is was frustrating for Torquay at the time because it, there was two or three days I think when they were still expecting him to turn up and they weren't looking for someone else as it, it happens um, like Gary admitted it's probably the right move for him in the end. Yeah, uh, we would all love to have seen him at Torquay, but going to Northampton, uh, a league team, which is, I, I guess, why they opted for that when, when Northampton obviously came in when the deal was all but done. And and, and he's playing football now, and he's on a, he's, he's going to be on a, a world stage playing at Wembley yeah. in, in, in the League 2 final against Exeter, against uh, <laughs> Bowman and Fisher at Exeter. Absolutely. So, and the thing is, when you talk to Gary, as we do regularly I mean Gary never dodges a question Gary will always answer your questions and but there was that time when the Morton thing had failed uh, had not gone through as he expected he, it was quite easy to see how disappointed he was yeah David um, did a piece at the time which I, I, I read back on, on on the internet and um, yeah he was disappointed that's months ago yeah. and he's obviously but it, you know he, it's 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 all about ifs and buts, isn't it? You know, you never know quite how we would have done if we'd had a, a striker in that kind of no, form no. alongside. Reed. All right, let's let's not torture ourselves with ifs no, and buts. Let's not torture ourselves with uh, with, with what we missed and uh, and what we will now miss as well with Jamie Reed. Well, quite. Before we move on to Jamie Reed, let's mention Exeter City at Wembley for the sake of our mate Daniel. We wish Exeter all the best. We do, and Stuart as well. Stuart yeah. James, he writes for Exeter for the for the um, Western Morning News and the Express and Echo, which I, I put together. Um, Won't that be weird, though? And I mean, I know the playoff finals traditionally don't fill Wembley, you know, quite, but an empty Wembley with a game going on right out in the middle there. It, will, it will be weird. Daniel uh, Clark was at uh, St James's Park on Monday when they, they, uh, they booked their place at Wembley. Um, Stuart hasn't gone to that didn't go to that one he's not going to Wembley because he wants to watch the game with his son and of course his son yeah, of course. his son yeah. can't go so uh, and it's on TV so he will be able to write uh, write up from there uh, Daniel I haven't spoken to Daniel yet but I, I, I suspect he's going to Wembley and what an experience that will be well it'll be what I'm thinking for the you know for the players they're there it's Wembley it's a fantastic occasion but they've got no family in there no friends in there no fans in there apart from a few card- cardboard cutouts I was quite, actually I hated the idea of cardboard cutouts but there was a lot of them in yeah. that stand, yeah. and it filled the whole stand. It so to be fair, good. it looked all yeah. right. And uh, there were some lovely, lovely photos that came out of the game of uh, the players sitting on the fans <laughs> at the end while <laughs> while Matt Taylor talked to yeah. talked talk them through the game. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, it looked all right visually. It was good. Yeah, I think so. So I mean, that's going to be a great game. It's on the TV, isn't it? So we, we should be able to keep get a Monday, eye, get yeah. a look at it. And um, yeah, Callum Morton. Versus Alex Fisher and Ryan Bowman. Well, Bowman Bowman won 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 the game really on on uh, Monday with a with a great left footed strike great right, finish, right at the it? end. Yeah, yeah, really good yeah. finish. He, I liked him at Torquay, and then and then he went to Gateshead, didn't he? And then he ended up in Scotland, and yeah. before he came down to Exeter, 
he was always quite a strong and determined player. I remember particularly red card where he was maybe a bit too determined. Yeah. But Doesn't was, score enough goals, I, I don't think, for, for, no. for the manager at Exeter. The manager keeps on mentioning that, but... He is their best player. He's a nuisance at the moment, isn't he? I think, real, or the best striker, I yeah. should say. He's a real get stuck in kind yeah. of a striker, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. But so, so is Callum Morton. Did, at the end of that game, he picked up a, a yellow card and he was he was rushing around everywhere. And I thought, oh, don't you just sent just scored your yeah. two goals? Yeah. Don't get sent off. But he he you know, but but it didn't stop him mm. going in for challenges after yeah. that as well. So, you know, determination. Both of those players have got that. Looking forward to that, and should be a decent game on Monday. Yeah, should be. A lot be. of these TV games have been a bit of a damp squib, haven't they? But uh, yeah, yeah, there's, there's been so many of them. I mean, yeah. after after that age, it seemed like when there was no football on telly, and then the German stuff came along, and then you know, um, I don't think anyone really noticed the Italy stuff coming on because no. uh, we were all waiting for the Premiership to to come back. And yes, it was great to <laughs> the first one was a nil nil. The yeah. second one had a terrible. VAR decision in it and um, la- last night it was 50 odd minutes into the three televised games and they were all nil-nil they right, were goals yeah. in the end I only but... watched the one in the the, 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 the Liverpool one afterwards yeah. I didn't watch the three before but yeah um, there's a lot of football on now isn't there all yes. of a sudden we were, we were de- de- reft of football and now we've what we what we want back, Rich, is proper football. We want Talker United. We do, yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to that. We're talking about strikers who aren't afraid to get stuck in, strikers who get a few goals. Let's talk about Jamie Reid. Uh, he signed a two-year deal at Mansfield yesterday. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> surprised. But, but I think a lot of us thought... Oh, I mean, I, it's a good deal for Jamie. It's yeah. a two-year contract yeah. with a league club. They're obviously paying him well. He's got a chance to establish himself in the football league. But we would all have liked him to go and play for somebody a little bit higher up, wouldn't I, we? I thought he would be playing in League One this season. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that he's done it so quickly. No disrespect to Mansfield Town. Mm. Um, he Jamie talks on their website about turning up and seeing their setup and their training ground and talking to the manager and deciding that this was the place for him. Absolutely, if that's what you think is right, then that's right. But yeah. um, I'm surprised that maybe he didn't wait a little longer to see who else might come in. He does say that he, he did talk to a couple of other teams, yeah. but, but um, uh, Mansfield you know, came in and, uh, and, and he decided that was right for him. So, I mean, I'd love to see him score. Well, love- also, at that yeah. level, he should be able to just step up as well maybe 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 he feels that the step up to immediate step up to league one yeah might have been a bit too early I don't know he's only 25 remember he's only 25 he's got years left in the game hasn't he a couple of good seasons at Mansfield and another move up I mean, I'd love to see him get 20 goals for Mansfield next season. I Absolutely. The, the one thing I, I really don't want to see, of course, is uh, Torquay go up next season and Mansfield come down. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? That would be, that would be awful. <laughs> yeah, let's not even think about that. <laughs> but, uh, no, good luck, Reedy. Um, it's, uh, yeah, you, you, it's you earned move. it as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, thank you. Oh, so, someone's thank applauding you, us. Um, he, he really earned it. Um, uh, what, what I found quite interesting in, in his chat was yeah. that... Um, he he thanked Gary Johnson for for turning him into the player that that earned the move. Um, we'll just uh, I'm not sure if we've got issues here. Hang on a second. No, we haven't. We're still going. It's fine. I'll tell you what we'll do because my phone's just shut down because it's overheating. Let's press stop on this one, save this one, and then we'll come back to you in a moment because I don't the- want to risk losing the podcast. 
Okay, we're back. We've moved to a slightly more shaded spot. And, We've moved, um, moved under a tree. Moved under a tree. I can see all the way out to Portland Bill and there's boats bobbing in the bay and down at the bottom of the hill, there's... What a place this is. Tell you what, that, mind you, that's a hill that a lot of Torquay United players from years gone by will not Hate. remember with any fondness. Will yeah, they? absolutely. Um, when I, when uh, I was working for the club and Leroy was the... Uh, it might have been Leroy, it might have been Roy, but... Um, he used to do have them running up the steps through the wood there seven times I think it was and then nice. you'd walk down the hill and then you'd run up the steps again and it was pre-season training and I remember the pros struggled with it but yeah. some of the kids were um, being ill <laughs> uh, <laughs> during, the, during the run oh, um, yeah it wasn't pleasant so we're podcast- I mean it was lovely for me I just sat at the bottom and watched <laughs> yeah. Podcasting from a spot steeped in Torquay United history. Absolutely, so, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We talked about the playoffs just now. The provisional dates, in case anybody hasn't seen them yet, they're uh, they're online this morning. Uh, July the 18th, Boreham Wood versus Halifax and Yeovil versus Barnet. Okay, Barnet, of course, were the lucky ones to to get into the playoffs through the. Um, they shot up. That's weird. I that can't remember how many places, thing, but Very they shot strange. up in quite a lot of places to to, to get into the playoffs. Who missed out? Who, got, who bombed out? Yeah, I can't, can't remember, remember now, can't remember. but, um, yeah. Um, Controversial, anyway. But there you go. I mean, if you... I mean, Torquay went up one place, remember? Yeah. Yeah, it would, would have been nice to leave yeah, up a few yeah. more. Yeah, uh, And then July the 25th, Harrogate were at home to either Borenwood or Halifax, and Notts County are at home to either, either Yeovil or Barnet. And then the final is on July 31st at a neutral ground which they expect will be Wembley yeah um, that's how they phrased it at the moment is that what they're saying is yeah. it yeah um, I mean of course Exeter playing Northampton at Wembley is it, it's kind of odd anyway I mean wouldn't you play that at somewhere like Ashton Gate I, well I, I would always play the playoff final at Ashton Gate or you know it's somewhere like that you could play a decent championship ground Reading or yeah. Bristol they're all Derby, in between aren't they? somewhere like that you know a, a ground where you could generate a bit of atmosphere I love Wembley, don't get me wrong. I mean, a trip to Wembley is something really special. Absolutely. But when you've got 20,000 people in an 80,000-seater stadium, it's a bit thin, and it looks a bit thin on all the photographs. Even when you watch, as I do on a weekly basis, <coughs> Tim Sill's goal that, um, the, the, that won the match at Wembley, uh, it looks empty. It does, it yeah. Empty. Well, it, but, you know, it, it, it looks empty. When, when your supporters take up a section of the ground, I mean, it's, it's probably preferable to them being dotted around all over the place and it looking yeah. even em- emptier but yeah it's 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 a strange strange decision so let's move should we move on to the end team let's do the end the end team thank you julian once again for keeping us uh, up to date with your selections for the end team he doesn't miss a lot you know on these end teams no he's uh, he's done a, a really good <laughs> job for us over pre uh, over pre i was gonna say pre-season over lockdown over lockdown um, we have managed 11 including a player manager so excellent that's pretty good okay. there aren't many ends goalkeepers ryan northmore okay yeah uh who was uh goalkeeper 1999 2001 only played 31 games because he was the understudy to neville southall he was, and then uh, he played that season, the Barnet season, didn't he? And yeah. was expected to be the goalkeeper at Barnet, but then um, uh, Colin Lee had that dream that, that Stuart yeah. Jones would save a penalty, which he, of course, did. 
and that decision was made at the last minute, a couple of hours before the game, yeah. and he missed out. He he did go on to play non-league football quite 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 high up, and ended up actually manager of Western Supermare at one point. He was, he was. The last mention I can find of him, he's involved in the youth setup at Yeovil. Okay, so, so still, he's, um, yeah, so he's still, still gainfully employed in, in the game. Yeah, I always thought he was a good goalkeeper. Neville Southall really rated him. Yeah, as far as I remember, but he never quite got the breaks at Torquay, did he? No, no, um, but um, it was a nice lad as well. Yeah. So Ryan Northmore keeps goal for the end team. It's a three-man defence, okay? It's the only way we can do this is a three-man defence. Um, we'll start off with Griff Norman, who was actually a wing half, but we'll play him. What's a wing half, a wing, guy? A wing half. <laughs> now, a wing half, marvellous, isn't it? Um, he's a right back, <laughs> an attacking right back is a wing half. He'd have been number four in the old Sabutio days. He'd have had two okay. and three at full-backs. Four, five, and six would have been your wing halves and your centre half, and you know your inside right, your inside left. The uh, kids are turning off at the, the moment. The kids are turning off. <laughs> but I tell you, I'm, I'm back playing Sabutio again. <laughs> Griff Norman played one game for Cardiff, which was his hometown. Then came to Torquay in 1952, stayed until 1958. Uh, played 235 games. Wow. Okay. Only, only six goals in 235 games, but for a wing half, that's not a bad return. Is Griff a Welsh name, is or is it a, or it's, is it a shortened? I think it's a Welsh name. I think he's yeah. Griffith or oh, of course Griffith yeah. or something like that. But uh, yeah, there are, there are a few uh, Welsh links. There are a few uh, Exeter links in this team as well today. Uh, also in the back, we've got George Northcott, yes. who's rather better-known brother we'll come on to in a minute. Yes. Uh, George Northcott, Torquay-born. He played one game for Exeter. Did he? He played a game for Exeter during his long and illustrious Traitor. career. But he was at Claymore <laughs> from 1954 to 1962. Wow. 173 games. We've got some players who have turned in some games here today in the end team. Uh, 173 games, two goals for a defender. Uh, and played for Gloucester after okay. Torquay. He also went on, played a lot of non-league games. Um, good player. I mean, obviously, we'll come to his brother in a minute, who's an absolute Playmore legend, but we should not forget George's contribution as well. No, OK. Uh, and at left-back, of course, uh, there's only one end that you could put in at left-back, to be honest, and that's Kevin Nicholson. When you, Of course. When you have people picking their all-time best teams... The only reason that Nico isn't in all of them is because Paul Gibbs is in some of them. OK. Uh, that's, in my opinion, anyway. Yep, yep. Uh, Nico's as good a left-back as you'll see play for Torquay. He, he's a terrific player. 350 games he played. Good, strong left foot, didn't he? Yeah, 10 years uh, involved with the club, 13 goals, the best of them being that injury-time goal against Barnet, which he fired into the top corner mm-hmm. in front of the... Uh, family stand everybody who was there remembers that one arrow straight that was from in, in my memory about 40 yards out it probably, <laughs> probably wasn't quite that but uh, are we going to talk about his management time well yeah because he, he had a lot of good ideas yep. as a manager it, we had a standing joke that I only ever once got a picture of him smiling <laughs> as yep. a manager and that was after one of the great escapes he took it very very seriously the management game it wasn't particularly kind to him, I don't think. No, and it, w- it wasn't a good time to be manager of no. Talk United, was it? I mean, then between me and you, any time's a good time to be manager of Talk United. But if, but if you're if you're genuinely wanting to to improve the club and the team and stuff, there was no money. No, that's right. There was no that's money. Right. It was you know. The, um, he was being asked to do a job. <coughs> uh, you know, I mean, not not for any policy of the uh, of the board it was just simply as you say there was just no money around and he had to do a job 
with very little resources. The Great Escape that he pulled off um, with uh, Blissett and all those, that brilliant yep. poster that they made, the Great Escape poster yep. that we had hanging out, and probably still in the Probably office. still there, yeah. Um, we didn't bring it away with us, and we probably should have done. Um, but, I mean, that was a, a tremendous end to the season, and the team played in the spirit of its manager, I think. Yeah, yeah, and... and, and I'm going back to it, but I would like to have seen him be manager at a different time. Yeah. Um, to see what he could have done, maybe you know now with, yeah. with with the backing that you know the 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 owner and the board have given Gary Johnson, which uh, has been a surprise to quite a lot of people, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily so surprised, but they have they have backed the, the manager, and it's a quirk of fate, isn't it? If he, if he'd been able to get in as manager now then um, yeah. he would add more would, more finances and more resources and that was a text from my brother I think <laughs> I think hindsight is a little bit unkind yeah. on Nico um, yeah. you know a fabulous playing career a management career that just never really quite got off the ground for him but always remember those great escapes and a thoroughly nice bloke as well and captained England Captain England captained yeah. England C got four caps for England C now involved in coaching up at Exeter in the youth setup, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, again, good. Luck. I'm sure he'll be at Wembley in some capacity. Yeah, absolutely. He did go to, to Mousel. Mouse, I always say Mousel. Mousel. And, and then I get told <laughs> off for it. It's Mousel. Um, he some... did go to Mousel for for, for six months. Um, they've got quite a progressive setup down there, and uh, they bring a lot of players in from from Europe and mm. uh, and try to put them through an academy kind of style thing. Um, they're still a Peninsula League team, but they, when, when that league was closed down, they were doing quite well. Um, and they, yeah, yeah, they they they, 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 they took Kevin down there for six months. I think the travelling probably long way, isn't it? Were, were, at the end, I think the travelling was probably the pain in the ass. I once always remember. I can never hear the place name without thinking I was in the middle of painting once, and a holidaymaker came up to me and asked if I could tell her how to get to Moosehole. 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 That's a different place altogether. And I could not think. <laughs> Of a way of getting from it because she was she wanted trains and buses and I could not think of a way of getting from Paynton to Moosehole, so I had no. to just send her to the station and say that ask there and just um, ask for Cornwall. Just ask for Cornwall, <laughs> you'll be absolutely fine. Okay, into the midfield then in the end team. A current player who I'm looking forward to seeing when the season starts again is Aaron Nemain. Yep, uh, I think he's got loads of potential. He's still only 22. I like the I like the fact that he signed a new contract. Yeah. You know, players uh, who have been youth players at Manchester City, yeah. uh, the like, you know, we've seen some of those players come from big teams over the years and kind of disappear without a trace because I guess sometimes in their heads, what are they doing playing here yeah. when they were playing there? Look at this, though. Mate. Well, Look at this. I mean, I'm not talking about the, the town itself. I'm talking about the football club and the level that they play at. Yeah. But... Um, he signed a new contract. Yeah. He wasn't the first choice, a first choice midfielder all the time, no. and yet he seems to have been not happy with that. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm not saying he's happy to be on the bench, but determined to to, to, to do better and and yeah. get himself into the team. And so, by by agreeing a new contract, I think we we could see the value of him next next yeah. year. Good player. I liked him. Played 11 games last year. Uh, born in France. Born in Amiens. Manchester City, as you say, played five games for Glasgow Rangers, played for the best-named Dutch team of all. He played for go-ahead Eagles. Did he? And he played for two Bs in uh, Belgium as well. Two Bs or not two Bs? <laughs> <laughs> that is the question. 
But I'm looking forward Sorry to seeing about him a that. lot, a lot when we start again. Of course, he's he's, and I can say this because I'm five foot five and three quarters, and the three quarters is very important. <laughs> um, he's he's not helped by his stature. He's um, diminutive. Is yeah. the word we I mean, like we we have had short players. Uh, in, in the past, I can think of Danny Stevens, Danny who, Stevens who did really yeah, well for yeah. us, and uh, you know some of the players that have gone on to play at a decent level uh, have only been at Torquay because they were dismissed by their big teams yeah, yeah. because they were too small. Um, so yeah, uh, let, let's hope that he really, really goes for it this season, yeah. and uh, we see the best of him. Alongside him in the midfield, Sami Nabi is in there next. He was he was Gary Owens signing, wasn't he, Nabi? Uh, 18-19, played 12 games, got himself sent off at Western Supermare in that remarkably bad-tempered game up there. I think it was the October of that season. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very bad-tempered. I quite game, liked him. It's a shame it didn't him. quite work out. Uh, went off to play for Kidderminster. I think he's at Kidderminster now. He started his career at the West Brom Academy, of okay. course, and has two international caps for Pakistan. Does he really? He does indeed. I believe his brother plays as well. I think. I read that somewhere. But yeah, I thought he was quite a good player. Um, don't think we saw the best of him, um, and obviously a, a little bit of a red mist descended occasionally. Yep. It was a handball he was sent off for at yep. Western, but uh, yeah, decent player. Alongside him will be our player manager Gary Nelson. Oh, of course, yeah, the book. <laughs> Gary, that's a great book. Left foot in the grave. Yeah. I've got it. I keep meaning to dig it out and read it again. I've got it somewhere. I bought the uh, his first book, which was. Left foot forward, left foot left something, foot forward, isn't it? Something like that. Um, he was at Charlton, wasn't he? Yes, he and was. And he wrote yeah. that while yeah. he was at Charlton. Um, and uh, when he when he became he signed and became assistant manager at Torquay United, uh, who was the manager? Kevin Kevin Hodges. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, he was. yes. Um, I, I, I bought that book and read it, and it was it was it was really revealing. Yeah, he was, very, um, he was very honest. And then during his time at Torquay, he obviously sat at the back of the bus and around the corner from the rest of them was taking notes and then, yeah. and then released a book about a year <laughs> later of his, of his travails at Torquay. And, uh, yeah, that's quite revealing as well, isn't it? Yeah. Good player as well. He scored eight goals in 37 games. Yeah, Torquay, at the end so, of his career, but had yeah. been a very good player. Yeah. Uh, he's actually, the Argyle fans uh, voted him into their team of the century. Did they? So uh, he went on to work for the FA, I believe. Yes, he did. Oh, PA, was it FA? PFA, or PFA? yeah. One of the one, one of the, the one administrative of the something jobs. ending in FA. Yeah, he was good with a pen, so <laughs> yes, they uh, was, yeah. they needed someone with a pen. And also in uh, the press ganged into this midfield. This formation is all over the place, yep. by the way. But Aidan Newhouse, okay, who only played four games for us, four uh, scored two goals in four games. Wow, that's not bad. Not 50 50 record. He was on loan from Wimbledon. But his claim to fame, as far as I could see, on that well-known internet encyclopedia site that never gets anything wrong, uh, he was the youngest ever player to play in the Football League. He was only 15 and 300-odd days was he? when he played for Chester against Bury. Wow, OK. So these young players don't always have the career you expect them to, no. do, that, do you? No, that's true. Um, there was a, I can't remember his name and I can't remember who he was playing for, so, so that's a good start. But um, there is a player that I remember sort of 10 years ago being 15 and, and playing and, and now he plays in non-league. So Yeah. Sometimes they, they just peak too soon, don't they? And yet you get players like... It's not like us, we peak too late. We peak too late, yeah. This is, yeah I'm, I'm still moving towards my peak. <laughs> OK, three up front in this team. We'll start with, uh, with Jamie Ndar. OK, yeah. 95 to 97, 34 games, four goals. Yeah. He came from Barnet, 
He went to Kingstonian. Okay. But I can't find out very much else about him, although I did find a Jamie and Dar on LinkedIn, which is some okay. kind of business network, yep. not for the likes of you and me, it's for uh, business people, We're running a company called Wonderful Communications, which is events management and raises a lot of money for charity, mate. Well, uh, so, it's all very good. That's very good. If so that's Jamie, the same Jamie, then well done, Jamie. Yeah, um, I, I do remember him, and he was a half-decent player. He I was, can't remember yeah. why he left, whether he was released or he... He, or he decided to, to move on. But, um, yeah, he was a decent player. It was quite a drop from us in, in 97 to Kingstonian, <laughs> so it, obviously things didn't go perhaps quite as he planned. No, no. So, uh, if Jamie, if it is wonderful communications, then I hope that's going really well for him. Jerry Nardiello is in the front line Jerry as well. Jerry Nardiello. 86 to 88, 13 goals in 45 games. That's not bad either. No. Nope. Um, what did he do afterwards, Guy? Afterwards, he... Um, he became a talkie policeman. Of course he did. Yes, he did. You're yeah. absolutely right. He used to work with someone I knew. Um, uh, he's also the uncle of... Of uh, Daniel. Daniel Nardiello, yeah. who started yeah. at Manchester United and went on to play for various clubs. Yeah. His brother was Donato Nardiello, who played for Coventry, apparently in the blue ki- in the brown kit days. Oh, wow. Not okay. the blue kit, the brown kit days. Yeah. So he would have played in that kit, which... Uh, Still divides opinion to yep, this day. Yeah, um, yeah, a, a footballing family as well. I mean, uh, an Exeter connection with Daniel as well. Yeah, of course. Another Exeter yep, connection yep. and one cap for Wales. Wow. Which all, off, obviously elevates him into a position of royalty for you on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which brings us then to the last member of our team, uh, Tommy Northcott. Fabulous, Tommy Northcott. Uh, 1948 to 1966 with a, a, a little spell elsewhere but a long long career at Playmore there are loads of pictures in our archive from yeah. Northcott. You, you were saying weren't you before we, we came on online that uh, he is the nearly man although although obviously he, his yeah. career at Torquay was wonderful he's, he's almost a, a nearly man well if you, if you just looked at the records I mean he's second in, in goal scoring uh, Sammy Collins uh, is the top goal scorer. Robin Stubbs is the third goal scorer. Tommy Northcott is second. But the interesting thing there is that he played with Sammy Collins and with Robin Stubbs. So right. a lot of their goals... He bridged that. Yeah, would yeah. have come as a result of what Tommy did. Um, they were from Heal, weren't they? Yes, they were. Yeah. Now, yeah. isn't Tommy there a George. story that Tommy and George would pop into the Royal Standard on the way to games? <laughs> I hope so. I I've heard I, that. I, I don't know where I heard it. It's years ago, and it's always stuck in my head that that they would walk to the games from their home in in, in Heal, and on the way they'd pop into the a Royal Swift Standard. Half in the Standard. Oh, an ice cream van. <laughs> you know, we really are out of lockdown, aren't we? How about that? But yeah, um, yeah. And when you look at the appearances, he's third in the appearances. Obviously, Kevin Hill is number one. Dennis Lewis is number two. Tommy Northcott is third in Absolutely. the appearances. Yep. Uh, 441 games, wow. 150 goals. Wow, that's, that's a good record as well, isn't it? it certainly is. He started at Torquay, first, um, first game of Torquay obviously in 48, 49. Played a lot of games at Cardiff, played a lot of games at Lincoln, then came back to play more in 1958. He missed the Royal Standard. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> so the first spell, he was playing with Sammy Collins. The second spell... Uh, he was playing a little bit with Collins and then with Robin Stubbs as well. After uh, his playing career, he was a plumber and central heating engineer. He had an advert in the programme. 
Did he? There's an advert. Lovely. If you look at some of the programmes of the day, again, thanks to Julian for digging some out of his loft, um, you've got the team sheet and the pen pictures, which we'll come to another week. There mm. are some cracking pen pictures mm. in there. Um, and there's an advert next door for Tommy Northcott, plumber and central heating engineer. Brilliant. Uh, died in 2008. Um, Still plugging away, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, died in 2008. A lot of uh, football people at his funeral. Frank O'Farrell at his funeral as well. And one other little bit of trivia. One of his daughters married Peter Dark. Right. Who obviously okay. was a distinguished talking United Yes, player. yes. OK. So, to, yeah, Tommy, it's Tommy Northcott week. on the Tommy podcast. Northcott week. Um, well, the, that's not a bad week to have. I'll make sure that the picture... The sun's out this. and... Uh, it's Tommy Northcott week. Yeah. One more N as well, um, which is another programme find from, um, from the loft of our statistician. January 1981, a Friday night friendly against Nottingham Forest. OK. In the middle of the season, because their game at Southampton had been called off. OK. And our game at Darlington had been called off. 81? 81. Right in their pomp. Winter of 81. Absolutely. Wait till you hear some of the names in there. But um, Franco Farrell had reportedly been out shoveling snow off the pitch with the players. The programme must have been put together very, very yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it was written, you know, today or yesterday this fixture was confirmed and today we're playing it. Uh, in the Forest squad that day, Shilton, Anderson, Gray, Gunn, Young, Walsh, McGovern, Wallace, Ward, Proctor, Robertson. And where was and this? Others. This was at Forest? At, or, at Playmore. At Playmore. At Playmore. Ah, so January. Mr. Clough was, was Clough in and Taylor were there. Yeah, yeah. Have a guess who the referee was. Was it Leicester Shatter? It was Leicester Shatter. <laughs> <laughs> Young but, man. <laughs> but I, I don't remember that game. I, I, I can't believe I didn't go. But I can't remember it, but I would have only been ten. Yeah, all right, don't rub it in. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I've hastily put together friendly Spurs. Uh, Forest were off to play Spurs on the Monday night. Yeah, that's so, it's quite, quite an odd scenario, yeah. isn't it? But instead of just having a blank weekend, they decided to come down the coast from Southampton, wow. play a game at Playmore. I have no idea what the score was. No. They Anyone don't. knows what the score was, let us, yeah. let us know. And if we beat them, that would be fantastic. But right in their pomp, the European champions, two times European yeah, champions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, they were the, the team at the time, uh, maybe just before, uh, you know, what a team that was. It was. Before we go, one recommendation. It's been on TV a few times during lockdown because people are looking for football. There's a film that comes on now and then called I Believe in Miracles. Okay. Which is about Clough, Taylor and Forrest, packed with interviews with the former players, and it's got a fantastic soundtrack. Good. And I will leave it at that. But if it comes up on your TV, make sure you watch it. I Believe in Miracles, a film about Forrest. That's gonna, that song's going to be stuck in my head now all day. The, the Jackson Sisters. Yeah. Great song. I've got it in the car. I'll yeah. play it on the way back. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. This has been an outdoor podcast looking out over Lime Bay, Babacan Bay first, and then Lime Bay, isn't yep, it? Yeah, and it's, slightly, it's very slightly misty out there at the extremes, uh, but normally you can see Dorset coastline across there, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's lovely. So we're emerging from lockdown. We're two metres apart. We I, are. I even brought my own coffee, so I didn't have to use one of your cups. No. Nope. Um, but wherever you listen to it, uh, stay safe, and it won't be long before we're watching the football again. I don't think it'll be long before we're inside as well, which would be nice. Fantastic. As ever, come on, come on you yellows. yellows. And there's a seagull in the background. Yes. How about that? It's like Desert Island Discs. You have been listening to the Devon Live Herald Express Talkie United Yellow Army podcast. 
recorded weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. You can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, and you can subscribe to us at iTunes. Please leave a review wherever you see us. We welcome all feedback, uh, whether positive or negative. We always like to know what you think of the Yellow Army podcast. Please join us next time.